You're listening to The Creative Genius Show with Nicolette Wilson-Clark. Riverside Today for South West London on Riverside Radio. Well, hello, everybody. It's Nicolette. What a pleasure to be here. How is everyone? Since the last time we are here in the studio, it's me, and we're talking all about being kind to yourself today. So welcome to the Creative Genius Show on Riverside Radio. I'm Nicolette, and this is the local radio show that supports the creative in learning who they are so that they can courageously manage their emotional well-being and tap into their genius. Now, on today's show, I'm talking about how to be kind to yourself. Yeah, especially when you find yourself usually being quite self-critical and also when you find yourself feeling challenged and when you find yourself in a bit of a crisis. So let's get straight in. Being kind to yourself. Well, sometimes we go through really challenging times, you know, and sometimes it's just a bad day. That's what it's about. And you have to just put it down to that. And you feel quite rubbish when it's over, really. And some of us are able to reflect on the day and find the golden nuggets in it. And others will remain in that day, even when it's the next day. When this happens, what can you do to treat yourself with a bit of love, a bit of care, and a bit of compassion during the experience and also after the experience. What can you do? And I'd like to offer you some tips today to really support that process. And the first one is about remembering that you are not your crisis. You are not your crisis, yeah? Um, You know, how you react and behave may be out of your usual character when you're in a crisis or challenged, emotionally challenged, experientially challenged. So an invitation to remember that you're not at your best when you're in a crisis. And so your reaction is an immediate response to the situation at hand. And actually, depending on how you're, depending on how you've armed yourself, you know, in that moment and your experience to date, to manage challenges will actually determine who you become in that moment. So be kind to yourself by just remembering that actually in that incident, in that experience, you actually showed up, you were there, you were present, and you met the situation head on and you used the resources that you had. And that's all you can do is use the resources that you have. And if those resources were not sufficient at the time to support you, then just acknowledge this and explore ways to develop them moving forwards. But remember, it's not a true reflection of you when you're in that crisis because you're only using the tools that you've got. And if they're not capable of arming you efficiently, then you're going to show up as a you know, quite a different person. And this is why it's so important to, for good mental health to arm yourself with positive, self-serving tools for emotionally charging times that you feel less bad after the time when it's gone when you reflect you can kind of feel like you acted in an honorable informed way so you are not your crisis 
Number two is to avoid taking mental selfies of yourself during those moments and after. So you know how they have the mental pictures of captured moments of the situation when you had an altercation with someone, when you didn't do something quite so well, and that's all you focus on. Those are the mental selfies. Can you avoid taking those, please? And instead, think of what you learned from the situation. And if your actions have impacted someone else, then consider how you could do things differently next time. Can you take each experience as a learning? Yeah, so that you really, really, it's, it's like the old saying that the, 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 the stone gathers moss. You know, as you experience an experience, you, 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 put, you, put, you take with you the stuff that's going to serve you. This is by choice and because you know you have the power to do it. Um, and you get rid of the stuff that doesn't. And all of that is within the moss. But you have the power to decide what you want to roll with and what you don't. So number two is avoid taking that mental selfie of yourself during those moments of crisis where you could be kinder to yourself. And number three would be to consider how you'd treat a friend or a loved one if they acted less than graciously during their challenging time. Think about that. How would you be with them? Mm. Chances are you'd offer them some compassion, some love, some understanding, and some reassuring comfort, especially if you actually know them to be a kind and generous and loving and good person. There's a chance you'd do that. So having got to know who you are and that your foundation, you know, would like to say is based on those positive attributes, then how could you be kind to yourself so that during that challenging time, actually, imagine you are consoling, comforting somebody who really needs your support and they're not showing up the way they usually would. They're showing up in quite a negative way. But actually, you realise that and you can see why. Take that inwards and put that on yourself. And start to have that self-compassion of understanding that, sugar, I'm acting this way because. Because I don't know any different. Because it's all I've got. Because I'm under stress. Because I feel challenged. Not because I'm an idiot. Not because I'm a fool. You know, none of that stuff. So from here, I think it's really important for us to think about the self-compassion and love that we can give ourselves. Now, number four is to surround yourself with trusted, non-judgmental, real self, is what I call them, friends. So these are people who you can be your real self with. You can show up as you are in your not-so-gracious moments and your shining armor moments. Yeah, find those people. These are the ones that you can be transparent with. These are the ones that you can rant with. These are the ones who you can be yourself with. Number five is journaling. Now, I think many of us have come across this action of journaling, this remedial task of journeying, journaling, this opportunity to reflect and to write. And, you know, if you don't have access to a community, then sometimes writing or even voice recording are excellent alternatives. They can really soothe and serve and help you when you listen back. So reading that written word or hearing yourself back can really help you to see the truth of the situation. It's like someone else is talking to you 
as that happens. And you can, you can forgive and you can let go and you can move on with a sense of clarity when you do this, with a sense of kindness to yourself, which in turn means a sense of kindness to others. Yeah, everything starts with you. Don't forget that. So the bottom line here is that only you can decide how you'll deal with challenging times. It is a choice. You have a choice. So why not just choose to be loving? Why not choose to be kind? Why not choose to be self-compassionate to yourself? Not just when you're in crisis, but how about on a daily basis? Every day when you wake up? It's just by making the decision. That's how it happens. You know, how do you do this? Just by making the decision. Let's take a short break. It's the Creative Genius Podcast with Nicolette wilson Clark. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Nicolette on the Creative Genius Show. And today I am talking all about being kind to yourself. Yes, being kind to yourself. How do you do that? Well, I've just gone over a few tips as to how we can implement that into our everyday. But the other thing that uh, I think it seems like it's uh, an opportunity, really, it seems kind of apt in this moment to take a minute to consider the actual accessible ways to be kind to yourself. You know, and one of them is to create an emotional toolbox. What's that? I hear you ask, yeah, what is an emotional toolbox? Uh, well, I think we know what a toolbox is. is a, a, a space that has all the bits in that you need for whatever it is you need. If you're a plumber, you'll have your little toolbox for all of your equipment in order to go to the job and do it effectively. Emotions are energy in motion. They are how we interpret our environment around us and how our body responds to it. They are feelings. They are sensations. There are many different ways of being manifested through the body. Emotional toolbox. And so it's your own unique and very personal skill set. It's like something that is put together that you put together. Remember uh, pick a mix? You just take one of those and one of those and one of those and then you take your bag and you've got everything that you uniquely created to go and munch on as a kid, even as an adult. <clears throat> so it's your own unique and very personal skill, skill, skill set that empowers and really supports you in managing your everyday experiences, your emotional experiences, because that's what this is about. So I want to offer you three, my three top toolbox insertions, stuff you should put in the toolbox that will support you. These are things through my work that I have noticed have become like a common thread. I mean, there are so many different things you can put in your toolbox and it's very, very subjective. But these are three common threads that I've really noticed that people I work with, when they insert these into the box and take them out and use them in some capacity, all of a sudden they either come alive or they realize their actual full potential and life just changes and they step into their own. And it's amazing to watch. Imagine being the person experiencing that. It's amazing to live, you know. So the first one is assertiveness. Assertiveness. Now, why do you think assertiveness should be in the box? Well, 
It's a really overlooked social skill that we really do need for positive relations with others when communicating. And not only does it allow for effective communication, but it also allows you to respect the thoughts and wishes of those people that you are around, the people in your world, the people you come into contact with on a daily basis. And when you're assertive, you, you have the ability to say what you mean and mean what you say. And that's so powerful. To say what you mean and mean what you say. You have boundaries. You have empathy when you share your emotions with others. And actually, you have no need to shame or abuse another person when you have assertiveness as your skill set. And having this skill in your toolbox could actually be the linchpin between internalizing your emotions and actually setting them free. Now, a study published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology Science and Practice that study found that learning assertiveness skills supports those who internalize their emotions. And this is really brilliant for building healthy relationships, both at work and at home. So that's why you need assertiveness in your toolkit box, in your toolbox as your toolkit. <laughs> Number two, the second thing that I think would be on the top levels to, to put in is self-awareness. Oh my gosh, for emotional intelligence, self-awareness is one of the top strengths in our resources that we, we need to really heighten. You know, self-awareness can really assist you in fine-tuning the other skills in your box. What is it? What is self-awareness? Well, it's how you pay attention to yourself. It's how you pay attention to your thoughts. It's how you pay attention to your actions. It's how you pay attention to your behaviors. It's how you pay attention to your emotions. And it's how you pay attention, thinking of all those things I've just mentioned, with other people. So how do you notice someone else's emotions, someone else's behavior? And because of their behavior, you respond respectively. Not respectfully, respectively. So you respond in accordance to what you see because you are aware that that person is upset. So you don't act jolly jolly. You come with some empathy or some self, some compassion and some concern because you are aware of that person. So self-awareness really brings you in touch with your own thoughts, your own actions, your own behaviors, your own emotions and those of other people. And it's the ability to use self-compassion as a way to be kind to you. And, you know, rather than using criticism as your preferred inner dialogue, having a sense of curiosity, a sense of exploration, uh -huh, curiosity and exploration about whatever it is that you're experiencing, both internally, so that inner dialogue, those feelings, those sensations, and also externally. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you touching? What are you hearing? All of those sense things. And when you discover things that aren't serving you through this self-awareness, this is where self-compassion comes in because it really helps you see that fault is not the focus here. It's not about self-blame. It's about understanding the situation and being aware of what it is you're experiencing and what other people around you, if it's relevant, are experiencing. So, you know, self-awareness is about questioning with love, 
Yeah, with love. You might ask yourself questions like, for example, do people see me the way I see myself? You're asking that with a sense of curiosity and exploration. There's no criticism there. Is this how I really want to express myself to Janet, Tom, Fred? Am I being shameful, hurtful, abusive, or disrespectful? And you might want to ask yourself, you know, how can I be loving? How can I be caring? How can I be considerate? How can I be sharing? Just take a pause there and go for a little break. Listen to previous shows at thecreativegenius.co.uk. Riverside Today for Southwest London on Riverside Radio. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Nicolette on The Creative Genius Show. What a pleasure to be back here. We're talking all about being kind to yourself. And I've been talking about before the break about self-awareness being one of those other things. There were three, do you recall? Three things that I was offering to put in your toolbox. First one was assertiveness. The second one is self-awareness. And for that uh, tool to be in the box for when you need it, one of the reasons is because actually it's about questioning, being curious, exploring with a sense of love. You know, when we're self-aware, often we could be a little critical with ourselves, but actually if we were just to be a bit curious about what does that mean, you might ask yourself questions like I was saying before the break, you know, do people see me the way I actually see myself? Uh, is this how I really want so-and-so to see me? Am I expressing myself to blah, blah in a way that really demonstrates what it is I really want to say or feel? Am I shaming or hurting or being abusive or disrespectful to that person? You know, these are all curious questions, not in a way that's critical and harms you. Maybe you ask yourself, how can I be caring? How can I be sharing? How can I be loving? How can I just be considerate? And just by opening up into a question, a curiosity, you'll be amazed at how you can shift your perspective. Because what happens is you start to step into action. It's a question. How could I? Well, if I could, I would do this. And off you go. So with self-compassion, that is what's a, what is a part of self-awareness as well, because you're not only aware of yourself, you're also aware of the people around you and you see them and you can see what they need. And so with that awareness comes a sense of self-compassion. And with self-compassion, you know, you understand that your thoughts and behaviors in relation to others are simply a product of your caregivers and your upbringing. That can be so soothing. I'll say it again. With self-compassion, that's compassion for yourself, you start to learn and understand that your thoughts and your behaviors in relation to others are simply a product of your upbringing, simply a product of your caregivers, right? And you know, it's like if I was to put salt into soup, think of ingredients that we put into making a soup. If I was to put salt in it, I'm going to have soup with some salt. And how much salt is in the soup is determined by how much salt I put in the soup. So I can call it, on the extreme, a very salty, unedible soup. Or I can just say that it's a soup with salt. Or I could say that it's a very lovely flavoured and well-balanced soup. 
all dependent on the amount of that one ingredient. As an example, you know, we're the same, meaning that like cooking is the product of the ingredients, you know, and dish is the product of the ingredients, we're the product of our own experience. But we're not stuck with it. Just because you are who you are right now does not mean that you have to be that person tomorrow. You can make the choice to make some changes. And that's what self-awareness does. With self-awareness, you create space to really look at yourself before looking at others. And you do this with a sense of patience, with a sense of understanding, and you can decide what you want to leave behind and what you want to add moving forward. It's a choice. It's a choice. It is a choice. So that's number two, self-awareness. The last one of my, what would you put in your toolbox if you only had three things to put in it? Uh, the last one is creativity. Oh yes, has to be in there, doesn't it? <laughs> Hello, creative genius, has to be in there. Uh, the impact of creativity on our mental health is absolutely enormous. And there are actually several studies to prove this. One such study, which was led, which is actually in the Creativity Research Journal, examines the ways creativity influences and impacts our everyday activities. And it confirmed that, I'm going to quote this now, everyday, crea <laughs> everyday creativity involves attacking day-to-day -day activities in a divergent way. It derives from a complex of cognitive, affective, personal, motivational, and social factors and is characterized by openness, flexibility, autonomousness, uh, autonomy, playfulness, honor, humor, willingness to take risks and perseverance. In other words, creativity helps us sort out life's challenges in our work, in our home emotionally, the inner landscape, and importantly also our relationships with others. That's what creativity can do. And it supports our purpose really when we decide what that is. You know, we just have to make a decision and choose. So these are my three skills to put in your toolbox when you want to Serve yourself with a sense of kindness, self-compassion, self-awareness, assertiveness, and creativity. Those three things will really support you. And my experience has been that they've been really powerful with my clients. Now, what else would you put in there? What else would you put in your toolbox to support being kind to yourself in a crisis, during challenge, or actually just to be kind every day? How about that? Would you put resilience in there? Maybe you'd put being mentally adaptive. There are so many other tools that can go in there. So let's think about one other thing. You know, if you'd like to think about also creating a tangible, that's something that you can see and feel and touch and smell, something that's tangible in your toolbox that can serve you in the moment, right here, right now, for emotional support, then I would like to offer you six recommendations for inclusion in your very own personal toolbox. And these are, you know, the other three 
were more like attributes, things that you can take on as part of who you are. Inner resources, your assertiveness, your creativeness, your self-awareness, they can really support you. But these next six recommendations are things that you can put into a literal space. So you might get a box, a container, and these are things that you might want to consider putting in them. Because when you feel quite challenged, it might be that you want to pull from that. Um, and who knows where and when we're going to be challenged. Maybe the toolkit isn't with you. The toolbox isn't with you with the toolkit in it. So does it mean that you take a particular something out of the toolbox on a particular day when you think you might need it? You know, we're, 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 this is all about exploration of what you as a human being and you are being, not doing in this moment, as you are living, it's important to realize what it is you need. And you know your day ahead. And if you're doing self-awareness as one of your inner resources for being kind, you'll start to realize that actually I need X when I'm feeling under stress. Right, put that in my bag before I leave today, sorted. So let's talk about six recommendations for inclusion as a toolkit in your uh, toolbox and I call these self-care kit I call I call it my self-care kit and it's using our five senses actually and a couple of other things as well so it's using taste touch sight sound and smell and then there are a couple of other things just thrown in that I thought could be useful so the first one is dark chocolate mm. And beverages, so any kind of drink, whether it's hot or cold, uh, treats, and this is all about taste. Yeah, um, you know, dark chocolate is extremely rich in antioxidants. It's rich in minerals. It's also very comforting, um, and it also raises your mood. So having it as a hot drink, having it in a milkshake, having it as a smoothie, having it just snap on its own, a little, um, you know, sucking it or chewing it etc. It can be very, very comforting. A cold drink could really invigorate and raise your energy. So think about whether chocolate, dark chocolate, because of its rich minerals and antioxidants, it's raising of the mood. So we want to always think about our well-being. Think about whether or not you could use those things during the day and whether they would serve you. And then um, number two is just a sense, this is about touch. So grounding, comfort tools things that weight us down make us feel like we're not so oh i am in my head i don't know i don't know kind of thing they're really grounding and soothing you know sometimes we need something to bring us back to the present moment and there are things that you can make yourself there are tools like elastic bands that you put around your wrist that you just flick and flick and flick and flick and just reminds you as you feel the contact of the rubber band or a band, a hair band, whatever it is of your choice, and you feel the sensation of it against your actual wrist as you make that action, that in itself can remind you of where you are right now and take you completely away from the situation around you. And sometimes we just need those moments because it gives us a moment to breathe and to come away from it and to see it for what it is. It might be something you throw in your bag, like a smooth and texturous rock. When I was in Fuerteventura by the beach walking, so many gorgeous rocks, I bought a few back. <laughs> I wasn't overweight, but yeah, it did lead up to it. Luckily, I traveled light going there. Some wonderful rocks which had textures and holes in and others were really smooth and soothing to touch. Think about that. How would that soothe you? If it's not a rock, it might be something else piece of material 
you choose. You want something that's going to draw you back to the here and now or something that comforts you during your anxious times and only you know what that is. These are just ideas, okay? So always talking about, as we did with self-awareness, exploration and curiosity. What do I need that would really soothe me in a dire moment? Now, number three is a gratitude jar. I have a gratitude jar. Um, and uh, this is mainly about sight, really, the sense of sight. How do you create a gratitude jar? Get a container, get pieces of paper, like a A4 sheet, and then just strip, 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 tear off strips, and then write down your successes. This might be something you do on a daily basis, of an evening, of a morning. It might be something you do weekly or monthly, because you've put, made a note of them, and then you just put them on the little bits of paper. Fold the bits of paper up, put it into your jar, put a lid on it. If it's not a jar, another container, put a lid on it. And then leave it there for when you feel quite low. And your tool is to go to your gratitude jar and to open it and to take just one you know like our little pick and mix that we talked about earlier take one what comes out open it read it and just remember how amazing you are because this gratitude jar isn't about the big things necessarily it's about those small things that you achieve and for some of us it's just about getting out of bed in the morning so gratitude jar is number three. Number four, headphones. This is about sound. Yeah, the sound. So headphones, prepare perhaps a playlist. If you've got a playlist on one of your favorite audio um, contraptions, you want something that's going to soothe anxious thoughts, anxious moments, something that you know when you hear it, you're like, <sighs> and the world just seems right again, whatever that means to you. You know, noise reduction headphones can really help to cancel out sound that, um, from environments that overstimulate. Of course, be safe when you do them. Please don't wear them during the day. During the, um, I say during the day. I mean, just don't wear them outside where you need to be safe. Yeah, don't be vulnerable in them. Um, and then uh, consider sounds of nature. Perhaps that's something you want just as an audio. That's also quite lovely as well. I remember once when I was creating a meditation audio, there was a park and in the morning there were loads of bushes and there would be loads of birds tweeting. I mean, talk about a chorus, a morning chorus, beautiful. And so I had to record it as part of the background of my audio. I mean, just that I didn't have to buy it. I didn't have to find it. I found it. I don't have to find it online, I mean. I literally found it in nature. So um, I felt very grateful. That went in my gratitude jar. <laughs> and then number five is essential oil. This is based on smelling. So, you know, can you allow your sense of smell to really shift you out of stress? There are so many wonderful oils. The most common ones we know for relaxation are lavender, and you can use that. But if you want to stimulate, you might have orange zest. You might have ylang uh, lang, which is also quite balancing. Um, you might have lemongrass. There are so many. Uh, patchouli is very grounding. So what smells really serve you? And you can have them in the form of candles. You can learn to make your own candles. Or incense. Or just something that is a moment. Okay. Uh, number six out of us so that was the five senses that was the five senses the smell the touch the listening the seeing and the taste and so the the, the last two really here are about activities that you can do so one of them is writing 
like journaling, we talked about that earlier, poetry, um, letters that you don't actually send, but they are quite cathartic in just writing them and then you burn them as a way of releasing or you put you put, burn them and put them on some water and it just kind of, you see it going off into the distance. That can be very cathartic and very releasing. Art, those lovely drawing books that we've got now that you can use. Uh, books to read. You know, use your creativity. That's that other wonderful inner resource that we've got to keep us being kind to ourselves out of our toolbox and see how you can write things. And also, you know, it helps you see things for what they are and no greater than what they are when they are written down. And maybe you draw things, you draw rather than you write. Find your own creativity, helps you make sense of what's going on in your head because it can be quite overwhelming. And then uh, the last thing here is activities uh, in relation to getting on your yoga mat. Talked about the coloring books, you know, whether it's sitting quietly, uh, or physically moving, yoga will always offer a moment of pause to either focus on something other than what you're feeling so that it shifts it or to get what's on your mind just kind of to the forefront and really dissect it and be curious about it so that you can kind of make friends with it, keep it company. And this helps you understand it, helps you to manage it. And that's really important. Coloring books are a really great way for calming the mind because they keep you in one uh, one tangible flow. Uh, in positive psychology, they call it flow where nothing else matters. You don't even notice the time is going. Um, so, you know, think about getting yourself into a situation with something you love, using the coloring book as an example to be able to get into flow. I love those moments of flow where I, I literally come up and I'm, my gosh, how many hours have gone by? Sugar, I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> So um, the last one is bodywork, something physical. Yeah, I mean, I know yoga can be physical as well, but I was relating more to being still in yoga because um, we move in order to be still. That's the objective for yoga. But therapies like massage, acupuncture, uh, therapies like physiotherapy, uh, osteopathy, spa treatments, getting your nails done, you know, all these different things that take you away from that moment and actually allow you to be self-kind by treating yourself, by reminding yourself, I am worth it. Yeah. And it's only actually when you do these. And often we have to book these things in advance in order for them to happen. So if you're the kind of person who only gets things done when they're in your diary, whatever that is, tangible, on your phone, written down, book it, get it sorted. And I know we're coming out of lockdown. So just taking your time, social distancing and making sure that if you are going to in this moment, try those uh, tips of you know bodywork stuff, that you're being very mindful how you do it. And I think, you know, you might want to keep those organizations who support you in your bodywork, you might want to keep business cards in your toolbox so that you can just pick it out. It's always nice to recommend to someone else as well. But maybe you lose your phone. At least you've got it in there as well. You might want to have access to spiky balls, to massage balls, to bands, to face masks, to oils. It's all there just to self-treat you because you matter. And this is about being kind to you. But how can you be kind to you if you don't make the time for it? And also, how can you be kind to you if you don't know how to? And that's what this show has been around, giving you tools and tips to be able to be kind to you. So that's it. We're out of time here. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. As always, today's show has been about being kind. And as always, 
Thank you for being here. Reach out at thecreativegenius.co.uk for blogs, announcements, past shows, written support on how to manage your emotional well-being. Uh, why not subscribe while you're there? You can get stuff straight into your inbox. And then do follow on IG because I have tools and tips there on Instagram, which is The Creative Genius Show uh, for stuff to do with this show and for my other hat as a psychotherapist and as a coach, you can catch me at Creative Genius Coach. So thank you very much, everybody. Wishing you well, and thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, I can't wait to be here with you again. Stay well, stay safe, and keep creating. You've been listening to the Creative Genius Podcast with Nicolette wilson Club. Why not listen to previous shows at thecreativegenius.co.uk?